This week on The Reverse Stick, what's it like to play at the Exxon Masters World Cup? We hear from Scottish internationals Ali Ramsey and Wendy Justice about what it means for them. And Tansy Lee joins the TRS World Eleven. And welcome to the Reverse Tick, the Global Hockey Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Lee, and joining me every week, Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm feeling fit and raring to go. I feel there's a, a bit less pressure on us this week. It's that we've, we've had a couple of weeks where we've crammed a lot in, and there's been a lot going on, and it's been a, a bit more sedate this week. So. We go under an hour, you reckon? Oh, yeah, we're under an hour. Sit back and relax. You might even be able to get to listen to it in one go this week. Um, John, how was your hockey week, mate? Uh, pretty quiet. Yeah. I mean, there's a bit going on, but not not a great deal. You still you've been a bit under the weather, haven't you? I still. have, but I'm much better this week. That's good. Much better. Got over my Olympism on Wednesday night. Did you? Yeah, yeah. The knees feeling pretty good. Managed to get down to the stadium and watch the Australian team training. Did you by any chance? Oh, they're in they're in camp. I haven't, unfortunately. Oh. No, I was up there and I did see some hockey, but I'll tell you more about that later well, later on in the I show. I was going to go to the AHL to see the best cu- players in the country getting around the field, but. It, you're better off just going to the Kookaburras camp, aren't you? Well, if that's what your aim is, John, yes. Anyway, shall we get on to this bit? Uh-huh. News. And what is going on in the world of hockey? Let's start with the well, we've got the Youth ra- Olympics. Yep, Youth Olympics in Buenos Aires. That's all wrapped up um, over the weekend. We didn't talk too much about it last week. You know our feelings on Hockey <laughs> Fives, but nonetheless, it seemed to be a fantastic event. It's uh, certainly one of the busiest events on the schedule there. Like we mentioned last week, there are lots of queues to get in there. A packed house. They love their hockey in Argentina, don't they? And, of course, uh, the Argentine... Argentinian women's team took out the gold medal. Uh, they were 3-1 winners over India in the final there. In the bronze medal match, China were 6-0 winners over South Africa. Down the classification, Australia took fifth spot over sixth place. Austria with the 3-0 win. Uh, seventh and eighth, uh, Poland had the 3-1 win over Namibia. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Argentina, great crowds and Wonderful for the uh, the first team gold medal there to go to the home nation. Um, on the men's side of things, semi-finals, uh, Malaysia had a 7-4 win over Zambia. Great to see Zambia in there, and, and I think a lot of that uh, hard work from Hockey Dreams Foundation and the guys mm. um, you know, looking to develop the sport over there. There's there's proof that with the right support you can go somewhere the other semi-final India had a 3-1 win over the host Argentina uh, taking us through to the gold medal match Malaysia 4-2 winners over India I think I might have mentioned last week that uh, India in various uh, age groups sometimes struggle against Malaysians and they did in the final a 4-2 win Very there all age groups <laughs> uh, the bronze medal match Argentina 4-0 winners over Zambia in the classification games Poland and Australia played out a 4-4 draw and I think Poland won the shootout with that one um, Bangladesh and Austria the same a 2-2 draw in the 7-8 playoff and I think Austria got the win on that as well it's, I'm taking this information from the Buenos Aires 2018 site it's not on our friends at Altius RT so well done to everybody involved there um, looking forward to seeing you all back on the field playing 11 side hockey as soon as possible uh, we've also seen uh, we go from the under 18s to the under 21s that's right the Sultan of Jugahor Cup um, played in Malaysia from the 6th to the 13th featuring Great Britain India, Australia, Japan, Malaysia and New Zealand there and um, it was a good tournament for Great Britain because they ended up winning they won the final over um, India 3-2 would have been a very exciting game that one 
Australia finished in third place, uh, beating Japan in the um, third, fourth place game 6-1. Malaysia got over the top of uh, New Zealand for fifth and sixth, 6-3. There were some um, pretty good results there, some interesting games. New Zealand and, and Malaysia had a five-all draw. There was a, uh, a game India won against Australia, 5-4, so plenty of goals going in there. A lot of tight games, a couple blew out. New Zealand... Uh, losing 7-1 to India. They had a couple of tough uh, losses, the New Zealanders. Um, 6-3 to Malaysia wasn't probably a, a result they were expecting, but overall, a pretty enjoyable tournament, and certainly those that were watching it being streamed seemed to enjoy it, and some good hockey played. Yeah, a little bit of action between the GB boys and the Aussie boys. Uh, what? A bit of excitement on the field. It was, was it? showing some of the, uh, the rivalry, which may well spread and uh, continue for years to come. So how how badly did we beat them up? Oh come on, John! <laughs> no, it was a, it's it's always been a good tournament, the Sultan of Johor Cup, especially for that age group, and um, the players get a lot out of competing in it. And if you look through the the list, all of those teams are highly placed in the in the main open rankings. So these it's a very important tournament for these younger guys to make a claim. Oh yeah, and and yeah, get big game experience. You know, it'd be fantastic yeah. to step out there. Um, you know, great stadiums over there. They get behind their hockey. Fantastic venue. Yeah, oh, yeah, beautiful. So that's the uh, Sultan of Jugger Hall Cup done for another year. Um, another total. Any other results we've had from the last week or so? There's been a few test matches well, going on. Of course, there? we had the second round of the Australian Hockey League uh, that's taken place. Um, a, a rule change midweek between round one and round two. Um, in round one, if you scored a penalty stroke, then you didn't get a penalty stroke goal conversion opportunity. In round two, you do, and, and going on, you do get uh, the penalty stroke goal conversion opportunity. Um, I obviously, didn't think about that at the start of things. Oh, groan. I mean, do, do you praise them for being proactive about doing something about it when the the problem obviously arose, or do you have a crack at them for not seeing something that was quite obvious for everybody to have seen? You choose, ladies and gentlemen. That's you choose. Right. So, so results on the women's side of things from the from the weekend. Victoria had a one nil win over WA and Pool B. Um, South Australia 3-0 winners over the Northern Territory New South Wales 8-1 winners over Tasmania and Queensland 5-1 winners over the ACT Uh, there's another round of games this weekend Uh, in Perth we've got WA versus the NT you you won't be going along? no no I would love to but I'm working and the games are at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock and I might get along for the last 15 minutes so if I'm driving past I'll pop my head over the fence um you know, hopefully there'll be a good crowd. There hasn't been a lot of promotion going on for it. Uh, just quickly, the men's results from the weekend: ACT five-two winners over Queensland. Bit of a shock result there. Could that have been uh, a result of the Queensland men's side being slightly depleted and a, a few new players being blooded there? Equally, New South Wales that had eight out, they were five. They went five-four down to Tasmania, and uh, on the Saturday. South Australia beat the Northern Territory 5-0 and Western Australia beat Victoria 4-2. Victoria, of course, the winners last time why, around. Why are we bothering with this? More I mean, games coming up this weekend does anybody to work out where pe- people finish like in the pools. Do you care? Uh, my interest has waned considerably um, from last season and... Um, it's, yeah, like, it's, like you say, it's a death now for the competition. Next year will be, we believe, 
uh, it's set that it's a, a city-based franchise um, system. And so we're told, but we've been given no details about how the franchises are going to be run, who's going to hold the licenses for the franchise. Uh, is it private ownership? Is it going to be owned by the state? The franchise is going to be owned by the state organisations. In which case, why would the bloody hell do you, do you have to do it anyway? Because the state organisations are already the ones organising, putting up teams for the AHL. We, we, there's all these questions to ask, and there's no answers, and we're being told nothing. But if they're serious about what their plans are, they've got to be acting now. They've got to be looking for sponsors now. They've got to be having all of this groundwork done now. It's not no good waiting till April next year and then saying, oh, well, we're going to do this later on. That's, that's just stupidity. I played against a guy on Wednesday night who was in Adelaide um, at the weekend, and I said, oh, great, how, how did you go? With a good crowd? He said, phew. Two or three hundred. Now that's just one man saying it. You know, could have been a, a different angle to to others in the stadium. I said, well, what did you think about the the changes and things? He said, oh, mate, it was just stop, start, stop, start. You just got no flow with the game. Um, in those silly pump plays, he, he didn't say pump play. He couldn't remember what they were called. Um, it, it was just boring. It was just boring. Everybody dropped off. Um, there wasn't really any. Uh, Great incentive for one of the two teams to um, to give anything away. Park the bus. And if you think it's just us two whinging here in a shed, get onto Facebook and look up a guy called Galloping Ghost. And he's put up an article this week having a big crack at Hockey Australia and everything he says in that article is correct. Yeah, spot on. It's absolutely spot on. So he writes like satirical pieces mainly around the the, 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 w, the WA competition. Yeah. Um, and, and normally it is a big piss take. But this article, as well as taking the piss, is deadly serious on how badly we have been let down as a hockey community by those in charge of the game. I think we've just strayed off the news a little bit there, John. But uh, test match results, uh, there was yes. Eng- England and France in the boys. Um, you got those results there? No. Oh, me neither. The boys. Look, there, well, the there's, been, there's been some test matches going on and there will be continuing test matches coming up in the next few weeks as we lead up to the, the Men's World Cup. And essentially, you know, of what has happened, let's have a look. Uh, there's been... Since this... Um, hockey series open in Santiago there's been the Olympic Games uh, the English and French men have had a, a tournament one match not a tournament no, so that's what I'm getting to so England 4-3 four England 4-3 winners in that yep. game that's Sam Ward's 100th uh, cap for England Good and on, but New, New Zealand 3-0 winners over Canada in the first of two matches. games and 0-0 in the th- uh, second game. It's there. all good. Glad the players are having the opportunity, but they're nothing. They don't mean anything. Let's just bring the news. Up. Let's bring the news. Um, and of course, the Asian Champions Trophy, the hero Asian Champions Trophy, is underway in Muscat in it Oman. Is. It is. It's involving fifth-ranked India, twelfth-ranked Malaysia, thirteenth-ranked Pakistan, fourteenth-ranked Korea, sixteenth place Japan, and Oman at thirty-three. Those games got underway yesterday for us, so it's day two today as we record this podcast. On day one, India got off to uh, a good start, beating Oman 11-0, and um, Malaysia got over the top of Pakistan. No, it got over the top of Japan 3-0. Yeah, so there's a, a nice reverse there for Malaysia, obviously yeah. losing out um, in that thriller against Japan last time around. And the Indian win there 11-0, uh, nine different goal scorers in there, uh, Dilpreet, the young 18 year old he's popped up with a hat trick in the game there um, but it, it, he's 
he's got a bit hot and cold over the past in the past year since he made his debut at the start of the year but he's got 30 caps under his bout now uh, I think uh, bout is bouting is what Amana got and you reckon that India are pretty good at bouting the lower ranked sides oh look if you look at their form over the last 18 months India are the flat track bullies of, of world hockey they'll, they'll tail up Amman and they'll tail up teams that aren't that far behind them in the rankings or in perceived abilities they'll, they'll give them a first class belting but when they come up against the tough teams they wilt and they wilt real quick this is a very important tournament for India because they're easily the highest ranked team at 5 the next is Malaysia at 12 and 13, 14, 16 so there's some real competition for them there but in India they'll be expected to win this tournament especially after the Asia Games inverted commas debacle as far as the Indian yeah. public were concerned. Um, of course it's this ro- is really important. If they get to a semi-final or a final and lose to Malaysia again, all hell will break loose. Well, can you imagine the smile on Roland Altman's face if that, if that does happen? Because, of course, this is his first uh, tournament in charge of the Malaysian men there. So, yeah, it's some interesting little stories on the side there. Just interestingly as well, the, uh, Musket, I didn't know about this, they host the high-stakes event, His Majesty's Cup, Annually, which is the Gulf region's most pre- prestigious tournament, starting in 1971. Oh. Former Olympians and stars from India, Pakistan, Malaysia and Egypt regularly appear for clubs vying for top honours in His Majesty's Cup. There you go. So, you know, there's, okay, they're, they're, they're trying... And, they're, and from what I read, they're looking to um, build it as more of a sporting hub. In fact, uh, Tayab Ikram... Um, said that Muscat, Muscat will showcase the best hockey talent in Asia over the next 10 days. The Asian Hockey Federation wants to make Muscat a professional sports venue with support of the country's government and the Hockey Association. Muscat will showcase top-notch hockey often in the future. So there you go. There might be a plan there. Yeah, yes, there might be. We'll see what happens. Good on them. Good on them. They're spending the money. Others may not be. Okay, let's talk World Cup, shall we? You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, but we'll talk Masters World Cup. We had a, a an email sent to us uh, recently uh, from Sally, who works at uh, a mob called There's Your Dinner Creative Media, and they've put together a little film involving two Great Britain hockey players, Alison Ramsey, MBE, and Wendy Justice, or she was Wendy Fraser when she was playing for Great Britain, and they were part of the bronze medal winning side for Great Britain in Barcelona in 1992, and this year they were back in Spain, and uh, they were there for the Exxon Masters World Cup. Um, now, <laughs> the competition, of course, as we know, is over age 35s were over. This year Ali and Wendy competed in Terrassa. Um, let's have a look. Wendy played in the over 50s team and Ali for the over 55s. They played their matches in the shadow of the Olympic Park, which they'll talk about. But gives us a taste of uh, what ex-internationals think about their um, the availability of playing masters and what it means to them and we've we've taken some audio thanks very much to Sally she sent us some audio from their film speaking to Wendy and Ali about their experiences both as players back in 1992 1982 92 92 back in 92 as well as their experiences there at the Exeter Masters World Cup so let's have a listen to Ali Ramsey and Wendy Justice Nee Fraser Hi, I'm Wendy Justice, uh, was Wendy Fraser when I played in the Barcelona Olympics in 1992. 
I have a 100 GB caps, got my 100th on our bronze medal in 92, 100 caps, and then you've got 106 for Scotland. Yeah, I'm uh, Ali Ramsey and was Ali Ramsey at the 92 Olympics and I have uh, 257 combined Scotland and GB caps. The winner. <laughs> we're in Terrassa, we're back in Terrassa. 26 years after we were here before. Yes. And it looks quite similar. This, yeah. pitch, this pitch does, but the main pitch has been converted to... Was, was this the pitch we played New Zealand yes. on? This yes, was it. yes this, was, this was the pitch we played New Zealand on. And this was my... My only goal for oh well for GB at the Olympics, so it was it was a good it was a good it was a very exciting moment. Wasn't it was it? extreme. I was extremely excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a rebound from a corner, and it just dropped very kindly to me, and I just put it in. And we'd uh, like to say she powered it in, but anybody but who knows no, Ali Ramsey would know that it was not. <laughs> the rest of the team were blowing, so it crossed <laughs> the line, and that was the main thing. And uh, we and we went we we beat New Zealand, and that got us into the semis, didn't it? Yeah. And a chance at a medal. A chance at a medal, yes. That game in particular was a standout moment. Because oh, yes, remember, right. we, we drew that game uh -huh. and it went to extra time. Yes. Uh -huh. And so to win it in the, way, in the manner that we did was... Yeah, and of course at that point there were no, there were no rolling subs. So we were, we were on the whole time. And we were playing against a team that was used to playing in the heat, that was full time. And we were still very much amateur. And you know, getting to, getting to three all, we lost the goal really early on. Remember as well, and we thought, right, we're not. Both Wendy and I were at the previous Olympics, and we knew what it was like to come away with nothing. Fourth place. Fourth place. Mm -hmm. And so I think I just I just remember going on that pitch and thinking I would do anything that was required to to get that medal. Once we won the medal, and we had the medal presentation, that was. Oh, well, yeah, that's, some, that's something you'll never, ever forget. No. Never, no. never, ever. Um, and I suppose, actually, I think uh, so walking out at the Olympic, the op opening ceremony is always fantastic as well. But, but just, and I, th I remember the last, the last sort of like minute of the game when I thought, actually, all the years of training has been worthwhile for this one, you know, moment. It's quite nostalgic for me yes. because my parents were here. They came to Barcelona oh, and came to watch yeah, us. Yeah, and we lost my dad last year and my mother a few years before that. So yeah. it was quite nostalgic, I thought, yeah. coming back and remembering, you know, yeah, how I happy, just as a, a, you know, yeah. uh -huh. not just for us, the team, but yeah. how happy, you know, everybody who traveled yes. and what we That's achieved right. then, you know. Uh, we're back because, of course, it's the Masters World Cup here in Terrassa. Uh, several age groups um, yep. for anybody who's playing over 35, over 40s, over 45s, over 50s, over 55s. It's great just playing playing international hockey, oh. and it, it, it's still international hockey, albeit at a slower pace. But it's still as committed on the pitch, and people are still as determined to win and representing their country is always a great honour. It's no less competitive now than ever it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you. Uh, Put your life on the line to get the result. We meet a lot of ex-international yes. players, don't we? Yep. And it's great because they know you, you know them. And in fact, we're making new friends all the time. Yes. Who, uh, yeah. You know, I think uh, we've obviously just played England just now in a bronze medal playoff. And, uh, so, you know, we've come up against uh, Lisa Bayless, now Prince, and uh, Kath Johnson, which is great, you know, as well, knowing a bit of their ability and w w how we're going to try and contain the pair of them because yes. they're still great players. Yeah. 
we played in Scotland together as youngsters. Yeah. And now we're doing it as olders. And all these girls who didn't get their Scotland okay. opportunity yeah. then, yes, getting it now. they're getting it. And yeah. they're, you know, I mean, I can even think of, I can think of girls in our age group. You think, wow, you know, they've really stepped up. And, you know, maybe a, a coach years ago didn't select them, but they're selecting There's them a now. Lot, a lot of them now, the people who have kept themselves really fit yeah. are, are really valuable in, in the Masters side. And they've maybe not had sufficient hockey skills at an earlier age to be selected internationally but now but now they're really vital parts of the team you know it's just a fantastic experience and mm. we're playing with some people that have played at the highest level but a lot of people who haven't and it's just great that to see everybody being part of a team and it's lovely being part of a team and that's what I, that's what I miss and it's a world it's a world cup opportunity you know like we've been we've been staying in like apartments and it's just time spent together as a good laugh and when you come to the pitch, it's really serious, but there's so much good fun that goes on. We both love hockey, yeah. and it's, it's a life, and you know, whilst we're still able to do it, then why not? You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and that was Wendy Justice and Alison Ramsey members of the Scottish team at the Exxon Masters World Cup and former players for both Great Britain and Scotland, members of the 1992 bronze medal winning team. That's a great story, isn't it? And yeah. I, I, I like mentioned there as well the fact that some of the teammates that they're playing with now are, are ones that it's either cut, they've come to the sport later in life or they've bloomed and developed later in life. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was in a meeting, I mentioned at the top of the show, I was in a meeting at our local hockey stadium the other day um, with an academic with re regards to potential studies um, around the game and something that I was really drilling home. Hockey was, was only part of the thing that they were looking at, so looking at lots of different sports to, to perhaps do this thing with. And I was really pressing the, the sport for life um, element with him. And then just as the meeting was finishing, um, some of the old boys started turning up on the the main number number one pitch there, and this is the the regular over 65s Wednesday afternoon comp, uh, which we've talked about before, where they've had the knee replacements versus hip replacements mm. and annual game. And uh, this guy was about to leave the building. I said, "Oh, hang on, they're getting up a bit of pace out here now. Come and have a look." And he sort of glanced through the doors and looked out onto the field and seen some pretty competitive running hockey from an older group of gents out there. And he was uh, aghast with it. He said, "Like, wow! Can can I film some of this? Can I can I take some of this, some images of this?" And I said, "Yeah, you know, go, go for it." Um, and I, you know, I think a lot of people um, from outside of our sport don't necessarily see um, the longevity that can be played within our sport. Oh, long, long longevity. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Banks from our hockey club. Yep, picked uh, for the Australian over 75s. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's, is that his first international call-up. Oh, he might have played over 60s. Yeah, he might have. Was a good player know. in his day though. Was a good player. Oh, in his day. I can. Rem Jim Banks has been down there teaching kids how to clip hit and do shuttle runs for about the last 60 years. I reckon. <laughs> He's just a, a stalwart of hockey, Jim. Well, yeah, and the, the, another thing that I was talking about this, 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 with this guy, this researcher, was that uh, uh, about back to hockey and uh, you know how we did it for the first time at our club this year, and just talking about the age groups that we want to get. And lo and behold, summer hockey this week had two guys that wanted to come along and play that haven't picked a stick up for 15, 20 years, a 48-year-old and a nearly 50-year-old. Um, they came along, had a run, 
superb players. I was a bit concerned, to be honest, thinking, oh, God, I'm going to sign up two blokes who can't hold a stick. But looking to come back and potentially play next season and, and get involved. Um, so, so too good for your teams? Well, one of them will be playing with you, mate. Oh, good. Yeah, if you're lucky enough that I pass them your way. <laughs> now that you've let me know, I'll be passing that on to management of the team and we'll be making concerted effort to see him in the over. But it's great. Look, this is it. You're, you're never too late to come back to it um, if you do happen to, you know, veer off. Um, and that's any age group. In fact, the, the same night there was three lads playing with uh, a guy that plays with us that they played with five or six years ago. They're 21, 22, 23, the kind that have drifted off and not quite wanted to sort of push it to the next level all back playing social hockey um, and this is another area that we need to, to look at you know, within our, our clubs and how we deliver things is not everybody always wants to play competitive for league points and everything's on the line there's got to be a space 12 months of the year that we can just pick up a stick and, and have a social game uh, whether that be in, in a mixed hockey format in a six aside seven aside what, how, however you do it but I think uh, society's changing a little bit and we've got to make sure that we, we don't miss opportunities to keep people in the game or attract people to the game and uh, you can catch that short film, I believe. Uh, you have to probably get on to um, There's Your Dinner Creative Media. We'll put up some links for that um, when the podcast comes out because we've been sent some. Or on vimeo.com, 2906887 6680. No, there's no. one in there as well. <laughs> we'll put up a post somehow or other. We'll get that out to you. And uh, thanks to Sally Hall there. And, of course, the, the ladies... Um, Wendy and Alison, uh, just by the way, um, Ali won bronze in Tarasa 26 years to the, almost 26 years to the day after she'd won bronze as part of the Great Britain team, but she was playing for Scotland. That was in the over 55s and Wendy was in the over 50s and they lost, just missed out on the bronze medal. So Fantastic well done to stuff. both ladies and thanks for allowing us to use that audio. And, I want to go to one of those tournaments one day. It'll be just so fantastic. As a player or as a, the reverse sticker? Hey. As a player or as the yeah, reverse sticker? As as a player, a reverse right. stick player. Keep 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 going for that over 75s team, mate. Oh, I need 24 years to go. But we will share that on our social media, on our yep. Twitter, on our Facebook, all at the reverse stick. You can get us on Instagram, Instagram as well. There. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. And speaking of uh, the TRS World Eleven, Were we? Getting a, well, sort of. And playing it, playing games. Sort yeah. of, were we? No, we hadn't. But hey, why not? Hashtag TRS World Eleven. <laughs> okay, let's do that. We've got another featured TRS World Eleven player for you this week. We have indeed. Martin Lee uh, from the Chertsey Thames uh, Valley Hockey Club. We have indeed. Shall we get straight into it? Let's go. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and it's TRS World 11 time once again as we introduce the latest of our TRS World 11 team members. It's one of the linchpins of our midfield from the Chertsey Thames Valley Hockey Club in England. It's Martin Lee, a.k.a. Tansy. Tansy, welcome to the show. Good morning or good afternoon, guys. How's it going? It's fantastic. Thank you for taking the time right, out of your busy day. Um, and uh, I guess we, we always like to start off and you know welcome you along, but find, find out from you how you felt about getting the call up for the TRS World Eleven. I, I was amazed actually. I, I 
obviously been a big fan of the podcast from from the off. I think from episode one, I found it by accident as it happens, just through a, a Google search. But um, I was intrigued, and the more I listened, the more it drew me in. And obviously, when the uh, the thing went out for players wanted, I thought, yeah, I'll have some of that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> to, to actually get selected, I was like really stoked. I think you'd say over there. <laughs> so, Tans, what what's your hockey journey? How did it all start for you? Well, mine mine's been sort of in two chapters uh, with a twenty year gap in the middle. Uh, I'm sort of on the back to hockey success stories. But uh, I first was introduced to hockey when I was in the Royal Navy. Um, that's in fact where my nickname originates from. The the nickname Tansy is a traditional Navy nickname. Believe my father, who was also the Royal Navy, told me it was after a boxer called Tansy Lee. It was a Scottish boxer that was spelled with a C then, but I spell it with a Z, which is sort of the way it's evolved, I guess, over the years. But uh, yeah, that's where I uh, first picked up a hockey stick. Um, there's a, a rather fast-paced uh, game that's it's still traditionally played on on the upper decks of. Uh, surface ships or targets as we call them in the submarine service <laughs> and <laughs> I'll probably get some stick for that um, but yeah it, it's used with sort of uh, peculiar sort of straightened walking sticks that I believe they're, they're called Russell sticks or something after a, a, another historic version of the game of hockey in uh, uh, Russell school but that, that's as I say played on the flight decks of uh, targets and it's quite a violent game the, the puck is normally made out of a bit of rope covered in duct tape and there's quite normally quite a few injuries from tripping over things on the deck and, and the like but anyway I, I got introduced to that in the gymnasium because they also play it shore based and that's when I first came across the bully which obviously you're big fans of yes. and, hashtag uh, bring back the bully <laughs> and um, yeah that, that's where I first picked up a stick but it wasn't for another uh, nine-ish years when I was actually queuing up for Scran. Uh, it was a Wednesday afternoon, which is traditionally sports make and uh, It's like the afternoon off the sports. And the club swinger, the uh, physical training instructor, was walking around. It's quite often, if they're short of players for teams, they walk down the queue for, for when you're queuing up for your food <laughs> and uh, try and recruit some uh, additional players. And they, in this particular afternoon, they were short of... Um, hockey players I said yeah I'll have a go at that and then a couple of hours later I was out on the recently laid Astro and um, defending a short corner I got whacked straight clean on the knee and it, you know, it, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> it obviously hurt quite a lot but it didn't put me off and then as patrols uh, dictated I, and I had time off I played a few more games over the next couple of seasons and stuff and it kind of went for there until I moved into a different uh, sport so, uh, which I can tell you a bit more about. What was that? Uh, you, you might remember it actually, Matt. The the, uh, the Royal Tournament um, used to be ah, right, yeah. on a tell you, the Mad Sailors with the ton of a gun, the field yeah. gun competition. I got uh, involved in that and the, the training for that, you know, it's obviously a lot serious and hard work and it sort of took me away from hockey and I sort of lent towards rugby. And then, as I say, there was a big gap in between picking up a stick again. So, and so you, you then ended up at Chertsey Thames Valley Hockey Club. Is that is that the, your first and, and only club that you played with? 
yes, apart from when when I was in the Royal Navy, uh, I had a big gap in between. And my daughter, uh, she she um, was in year five, and they have this very uh, good scheme down in in Surrey here. I mean, there's a hotbed of hockey around here. We've got Surbiton, Wimbledon. There's you know, loads of big clubs around here. But the, the Surrey Youth Games uh, is currently sponsored by Specsavers. But they they have this. Uh, it's the largest multi-sports event in the county and it's a wonderful event where the, any kids can sort of sign up to try a new sport and they get eight weeks of free coaching and um, the, the aim being to introduce them to new sports well my daughter signed up for hockey and um, that's run by Chelsea Thames Valley in the running lead area and um, it culminates in a, a competition after the eight weeks training and you know they, they win they can win medals if they win the competition. Sadly, running me didn't that year, but she was hooked and I took her down, signed her up to Chertsey Thames Valley. And whilst down there watching the under 12 game one Sunday morning, do you not fancy it then? Sort of got asked by the coach. I said, well, you know, I've played a bit in, in the past in the Royal Navy. Next week I knew I was buying a stick and <laughs> following Saturday I was out running around for the men's twos away at Camberley. Brilliant. How long did you so, serve uh, for, Tans? I did 14 years, John. Uh, it, was, it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it, but with cutbacks and stuff, you know, it's just not the the, yeah. the, uh, the job it once was. I actually played uh, the last few seasons with a few submariners that are based. You've probably heard of Garden Island here in, in Perth, yeah. this big submarine base, and uh, yeah, you're a unique bunch of submariners. <laughs> 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 That's a polite way of putting it. But yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, w- what do you do now? How are you supporting your hockey fix at the moment? Uh, I, I work for Thames Water as a process control engineer. Uh, basically, it's I run well, I'm part of a team that run the second largest sewage works in in London. Oh, shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we should be yeah. careful about what we say to you, but people could have things redirected if they're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the, all the shit jokes, I've heard them all. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. Now, Tansy, tell us about Churchy Thames Valley Hockey Club. What's the size of the club? What's the mix of the club? Uh, tell us about the club rooms and where you play and all that sort of stuff. Church Thames Valley Hockey Club is is a wonderful club. We, we call it a happy little club. It's as I say in the in the hotbed of hockey down here in the south of England. It's it's, it's you know we're not going to be challenging for the national league. That we got old Georgians just up the road. They're, they're our neighbours. <laughs> Woking, you know, but they they're signing big big players this season. Um, but yeah, we, we sit there. We're a friendly family club. We've got three men's teams, uh, two ladies. And a thriving cult section. When Emily started, there was oh, probably only 20 or so cults. There's now about 80, um, and it's so good to see them, you know, out of the Astro. We, we only train on one night, the whole club. So the cults are six to seven thirty, and then seven thirty to nine is the adults. There's only one Astro, but it's a wonderful, uh, really good condition. Uh, I think it's only only about 10 years old, but it's a really nice surface, and uh, it's just. Uh, enjoyable to play on the, the club room we, we share with uh, Chertsey Cricket Club it's actually, we're their tenants but that's again a wonderful facility Chertsey Cricket Club I don't know if you knew but they actually invented the third stump in the, the game of cricket way back when in the <laughs> 1700s 
Yeah. There you go. You learn something new every day. Is your so the club rooms? Is that far away from where you play on the turf? Is it? Do you have to travel far? Five minute drive. It's you know it's 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 better than going to a pub, which is what some some clubs have to do, unfortunately. But yeah, it's 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 really good facility. Unfortunately, it's not pitch side. Do you do you find most of the opposition teams that play against you will go back to the club rooms? Uh, I'd say sixty or seventy percent do, but it, then again, it won't be the whole team. But you know, pre- pretty much most teams do, unless they're they're rushing off for uh, a fixture at their own uh, their own club, you know, to support another team or or what have you. So how far? Yeah. What What about the? T- oh, sorry, John. How far would you travel for a game, Tans? Uh, where where we are in Surrey, we, we've 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 got sort of Croydon, which is <laughs> it's like there's so many teams come out of Croydon, so we quite often have to travel to Croydon. Although we, the men's twos, we haven't got a game this weekend, so I'm travelling to to Marlow with the men's threes on Saturday, and I mean that's not that far, but it's it's a four thirty pushback. Although I hate that term oh. as much as you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. You know that's going to be a late finish, but the the furthest men's freeze game I think is is down in Kent somewhere uh, later in the season. They, I mean they won't be getting back from there from probably eight to eight eight thirty nine o'clock. Yeah right. Well on the turf here, some of our games actually start at that time on a Saturday. Yes, <laughs> or Sunday as it turns out. Yeah. So just on on the club there, um, Tansy, who who are some of the heroes within the club? Who are the ones that do all the hard work? Who are the ones that are always around and about and involved? Right. I've got I've got to give a shout out to a good friend of mine. He's the men's one's captain, but more importantly, he's our webmaster, uh, Forrest. <laughs> uh, his nickname originated from uh, Boasty. He's another character I'll come on to mention. He uh, he's he's been with the club for for years uh, Forrest his father is the chairman and when he was 13 he used to play on the left wing and Boast he would shell the ball out ball out to him and shout run and then it <laughs> developed to run Forrest run and then the high pitched voices and you know, the name Forrest has stuck from there but he, he runs the website as I say he's the webmaster and people will forever ask him what's you know what's what's this time what's that he said look it's on the sodding website and that's sort of the in term for the website it's the sodding website no no <laughs> the website <laughs> but they still don't look at it either so it gets to the point. <laughs> well tell like us about Boasty now Boasty he's uh, the stalwart of both Chertsey Cricket Club and um, the Hockey Club he primarily played cricket uh, he he's a bit of a legend we, we had a game against uh, I think Surbiton Apes, they call it Surbiton Spartacans last season, they got promoted and um, he flew back from Delhi overnight without sleeping turned out for us in, in the game that morning uh, we were 2-0 down at half time he threw his toys out of the pram, got excited scored the first and then we scored a second to equalise and we saved a point uh, having you know, looked like we were going to get stuffed <laughs> to be fair yeah. He's a motivator, to put it mild. He he likes to encourage people, although a lot of people get sick of his voice. <laughs> Everybody, every club has one of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that guy. <laughs> All right, steady on. I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's what I'm thinking. 
That's great. What about any, anybody else? Any top goal scorers in your team at the moment? Uh, top goal scorers in our team, Neil Smith. Smithy, he, he's, he scores. He's always on the score sheet. Uh, he, I, I'm also the, the mixed captain. Uh, he was my mixed, mixed teams scorer last season. He, he's been, uh, well, he's the men's two's top scorer, sort of, overall, I believe. He just, he, I don't know. He's just one of these guys. Get, get him in the D, and he can score, and he makes it look so casual. He, he's, he used to be a pro golfer. Oh. He's got a good eye, a good eye for the the, the ball. A pro golfer. I would have thought no. golf would work against a hockey player. Uh, it doesn't seem to affect him. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I must give Mr. President uh, a mention, especially him of the crack and rum frame fame. Ah, right. Yes, I was going to get onto that. Tell us that story as well. Right, well, it, it's a couple of uh, club dinners ago now. Uh, for some reason, it's a tradition that they they bring a bottle of spirits to to like have a quick uh, drink in between the courses getting served. And I arrived slightly late, so I didn't get to sit with the men's twos, and I ended up sitting next to Mark, the Mr. President. Who happens to have a bottle of crack and rum? <laughs> and uh, he said, "Get a couple of shot glasses." So we popped to the bar and got those. And then, do you want to? Yeah. So we started necking this rum, and I don't really remember a lot more about it. I, I won the um, most improved player for the men's twos that that season, but I don't really uh, remember much more about it. Well, actually, Tanzi, you, you can share a little bit more because on your um, <laughs> um, application you said, as the cracking kicked in, my memory of events became sketchy, but I've been reminded frequently about my stripping routine to Nelly. It's getting hot in here. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> I was shouldn't have sent it to us. Uh, yeah, the, you know, it's getting hot in here, so take off all my clothes, I think that's how it goes. And I and think that's quite... Uh, what happens with that? Is that an act you perfected in the Royal Navy? Uh, yeah, well, you know, the sailors like to drink and have a good night and stuff. But yeah, it took a few years to develop, I guess. But it's kind of expected now. That's <laughs> You're and a long that's... time at, at sea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, the ladies all liked it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tansy. Oh, go on, John. Sorry. Oh, you mentioned you're, you're captain of the mix. There is there quite a few ladies involved down there as well. Yeah, we got we got we got two two um, ladies sides. They're verging on three. Uh, they're just waiting for some more Colts to come up. Uh, I think they're looking at three, but it's the goalkeeper is always an issue. There's no youngsters through the girls section coming up at the moment. But yeah, we we, we got. Um, Really healthy. I've got 30 on my books now. When I when I took the side over a couple of seasons ago, we used to sort of get 16 or 17, but sort of quite our own identity now. I've had a new kit made for the mix, and yeah, we we got I say quite a healthy selection. And the, the ladies into into integrate with us really well, and I say we're a happy little club. It's all it's all good. It seems to work really well at the moment. Now, personal hockey highlights. Tell us your mo- most memorable moment on the field, Tansy. My well, most memorable moment on the field, uh, Matt, is uh, I've, I've 
every season I've occasionally been selected for the ones due to shortages and this this season it was the 2016-17 season and men's ones were away at Epsom another big club in Surrey and they had a shortage of players so I got called up and uh, was in the right place at the back post both shelled in a shot on the short corner got a stick to it and roofed it the first time I've ever done that and probably the <laughs> only time but it, it was spectacular in my eyes and even the Epson uh, defender said to me that was a cracking goal mate so <laughs> I'll take that I'll take that <laughs> and you didn't rub it in at all oh no no <laughs> oh Luke you could die out on that one for a while <laughs> yeah that, that, that's you know that's my highlight so far hopefully there'll be more Oh, you got plenty of time to go, Tabs. You can plenty of years yet to uh, to pull off that miracle goal or whatever it may be. Well, that's it. I mean, now I'm eligible for over fifties. Anything can happen. Well, <laughs> you can represent your country, as it turns out. <laughs> that might be a bit a bit hard uh, down in this neck of the woods, but yeah, <laughs> you can masters hockey certainly another avenue. The trick is just keep hang around long enough. One of our blokes has just been selected for the Australian over seventy fives. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. So what about you? If I'm still running around at seventy five, I'll be more than happy. So how's your season gone so far? Well, yeah, we're doing we're doing all right so far. We've um, we've two two friendlies. We've won one, drawn one, and three league games. We've won two and drawn one. So yeah, we, we're going okay at the moment. And that's an open league there, so you could be playing against a, a club six eleven or a club's first eleven. It's just uh, right, how it yeah. all falls out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, generally, in our league, because we're one of the smaller clubs, we're um, up against twos and threes, fours. Generally, they, that sounds like they might be young. Yeah, a lot of them are. The, the trouble with them, they they. They think they can uh, go through you, but obviously the old heads, you know, pick them off. It's, they they've got their skills, but they for some reason they don't like going around you. That's it's a hip and shoulder. They uh, you know they got all the skills, but they they play as individuals and it doesn't doesn't work. That's something I found as well, Tansy. The number of times I came up against young kids and thought, why don't you just run around me, mate? <laughs> you, you could you could go around me and I couldn't even reach the ball. Like you just go, uh, be no tackle exactly. or nothing. But you came straight at me. <laughs> no idea why. Yeah. Even our lot, you know, uh, our men's threes uh, captain Bacon, that's Forest Father. He uh, he always tells the youngsters in the men's threes, you can't go through them, go round them. And what do they do? They go try to go through them and you know, get dispossessed. It, it doesn't get any better. In our, in our 50s team, we've got a guy who's <laughs> has a reputation of being one of the great tacklers in the game, and blokes that have been playing against him all their life still continue to run straight at him. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I don't know either. <laughs> So Tansy, you've seen some of the uh, the caliber of the, the other members of the TRS World Eleven. What do you what do you think about some of your teammates in there? Yeah, I, I was particularly impressed with uh, uh, Garley last week. With the it seems like they've just one constantly touring side. You know the, the antics they get up to, it's just craziness. <laughs> you fancy Mexico? 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, if, if we can swing that one for TRS tour, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> I wonder if they might do some cheap blood transfusions down there as well, just to help us out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly sounds like the place to go and play a tour. Yeah, go and play, and and you know, Looney sounds like a good keeper to have behind. Oh, sorry, I mean Lindsay Cooney is a good one to have behind you. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, the the goat man as well. I, I was happy to hear about his things. I'm now following Harborn uh, and Chris Dyer and all that. This uh, an eye opener. Is there That's any fantastic. chance? Is there any chance you could come up against each other on Tansy? Uh, only if. They enter a mixed competition. We, our side, we're entered to the England hockey mix thing, which is regional. Then it gets, uh, it can be national oh, okay. if everyone gets. I, I doubt we'd ever make it through to to play unless we did a friendly to play them. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure how I feel about that, John. What do you mean? You're not sure that. Well, I'm not sure we really need, you know, teammates coming up against each other um, because it can get a bit competitive in training anyway. <laughs> well, we need the competition in the squad, mate. Yeah, uh, Panda, it's it's side. They're they're a division below us, or division, they're of us higher side, the division above us. So, could end up playing against Panda. So if he gets relegated and you stay where you are, that might, well, no, might come if up he next gets year. Promoted, I think I think he's playing division below us this season that they they've got a side above and below but I'm not 100% which side he plays for that old Kingstonians yeah yeah well it's something to look out for well I think there's we're hoping to get everybody together in two weeks aren't we John for a, um, a bit of a get together and we might do some broadcast of uh, well certainly a highlights package of the game we might do a bit of commentary on that yeah well go <laughs> Well, we're getting, we're getting the TRS World 11 together for the training camp in a couple of weeks, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, uh, once the stadium's free from the Australian men's team using it, we've, we'll be able to pop in there. Yep. We're rehearsing the pump plays and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tansy, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the reverse stick today. And once again, welcome to the TRS World 11. Um, just quickly before you go, a quick prediction on where your boys are going to finish in the league this year? Uh, well, if we, if we carry on the way we're going, I'm, I'm hoping top three, if not top two. Uh, possibly, we could possibly even win it. If we, if we keep a consistency going, we could possibly win it. But yeah, top three... I'd, sit on the fence slightly but yeah top three so you guys just play a league system with no finals Tans no it's just pure pure league I think it's normally top two sometimes three get, go up and two come down oh, okay. yeah this, that, that, that that system you play sounds much more fun I think the bigger clubs here do it in the National League but no we don't have no pre-finals and uh, grand finals oh you need to I think that's another move that uh, the Reverse stick should do is to push, push associations etc. to have finals because I reckon it's just a fantastic time of the year. It's different than a regular season. It's just great. Yeah, the, the watching the game that streamed that, the, you know, the, the limited resources you had, Matt, that was such good production and it really, sort of, <laughs> it really sort of, uh, you know, you got the. The, the whole shirt thing and everything just, you could almost smell it <laughs> yeah no it was oh, <laughs> don't worry it, it was good I especially like the scoreboard yeah that that was 
state-of-the-art. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tanzi, thank you so much for joining us. We, no, my, hope, my you get, we hope you get that top three spot, and, and thank you for your ongoing support with the podcast, and we enjoy reading your comments on Twitter. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, at Tanz underscore Lee. T-A-N-Z underscore L-E-E. That's right. It's the same on Instagram, although I don't spend quite so much time on there. Too much for the pretty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, Tansy. Yeah. We'll speak Thanks soon, and good luck for the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah, keep up the good work, guys. Thanks for having me. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Um, Lovely to hear from Tansy, wasn't it? Oh, good. Lovely fellow, and he's been a big supporter of us, so we thank him very much for his support as well, and, you know, giving us all those likes on the Twitter and <laughs> getting involved in the conversation as well. Well, an, an interesting and different way to get in the game, though, wasn't it, from uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, playing on the decks? Yeah, and yeah. and once again, a person that didn't grow up coming from a hockey background that's found their way to the sport and gone this is great and now his kids are playing he's coaching and captaining and doing all sorts of yeah. things it's fantastic yeah shit job though what oh <laughs> Sorry, I, had to, I had to use it again <laughs> you did yeah uh, we should get him to do a book actually shit job jokes <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's out there <laughs> possibly no, great stuff thank you for joining us Tansy and good luck for the rest of the season and we'll be keeping you updated and we will have a um, we will have a page set up in the next few days where all the TRS World 11 little playing cards will be we should put little top trump scores on them remember the top trumps yeah I do yeah we should do that and they get and we they could play and then we what we do is make up a, a list of internationals players and and give them scores and then we could play TRS World 11 you follow me yeah you you've had a lot of time to think haven't you in the past seven days oh lying on the couch doing nothing yeah that's good mate. Just write, write some of them down next time and uh, maybe run them past Debs before you share them on air <laughs> <laughs> okay Right, no worries. Right, what else has been going on in the world of hockey, John? Oh. I saw that uh, Anita Punt McLaren, Mc Anita McLaren, has yeah. retired uh, from the New Zealand international side. Record goal scorer there, has been playing nine or ten oh, years at the top there. Oh, I'm going to guess 31. Okay. That's just a guess. Oh, it, it, uh, you know, we don't know exactly why she's pulled the pin on it. Whether she's just got to the stage where she's had enough, or whether yeah. injuries had something to do with it, who knows? No, it's well written. Um, last week we brought you my Phoenix uh, Field Hockey Club in Canada song. Yeah. Um, didn't get a lot of feedback. Uh, didn't you? No. It's because it was crap. It's a good. No, no. It's good. No news is good news, isn't it? That's what they hey. say. No news is good news. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. I've I've been singing it all week. Have you? Yeah. Real earworm for me. I hope it has been for you too, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. You um, hear mine? But you, were, well, yeah, you were going to go away. Did you? Did, what, you yeah, you had plenty of time on the couch. So, okay. Okay, you ready? All right. We're the Phoenix, Calgary Phoenix, and we're here to show you why. We're the big birds in the big game. We're the Phoenix. We're flying high. What do you reckon of that one? The tune seems kind of familiar. Does it? Yeah. Well, you've well, got it's got to be a familiar tune that people are able to sing along to. Yeah. What's what's the Canadian connection though? Because they wanted they Calgary. wanted something. Can, 
No, but in the in the, mu- in the music in the music in the music, the kid like because they wanted like maybe Canadian artist or. Um, you you know. can't pick and choose, mate. <laughs> Is it a catchy tune? Um, it's only because I know the tune, though. Well, yeah. and and if you live in Western Australia or Australia, you'd probably know the tune as well. But nobody else anywhere else, else well, in the world. Well, that's a good thing. No, well, well, yeah, no, you're plagiarising it then. No? Okay. Well, look, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, it's <laughs> up to you. How many teams it's have when the Saints go marching? In? Any team that's called the Saints across the globe has when the Saints go marching. But yep, 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 yep. Can't argue with that. And and lots of lots of these sporting club theme songs are the same old tunes, just re-engineered over and over again with different words, aren't they? All right. So you're admitting that's what just happened? No. It's what? A totally original John Lee composition. <laughs> Is <one>. it? <laughs> Absolutely. You got the copyright on that? Hey, I have now. Right. Public performance. Okay. Perfect. Um, well, look, it's going to go out to you, ladies and gentlemen. You can vote for it. We'll um, we'll put a poll up on Twitter, let it run for a week, um, and get on. And it'll be option one, Matt's version, option two, John's version. Um, in fact, what we can do, John, we'll, we'll do a clip of both, um, and then we can put the audio up um, so people can um, so re- I'll re- I'll recap I'll number option number one and number two. From last week. Well, you can just produce it a bit for me if you like. No, no, I want it in raw. <laughs> I want it raw. <laughs> That's how the, that's how you're going to listen to it on game day. Raw, okay. voice only. Raw. Yep. All right, that's going up onto Twitter. Fantastic. Uh, what else? Yeah, what else? You tell me. Uh, got a oh, big list. coming up uh, this weekend on Sunday, 11:30 a.m. Central European time is the uh, EHL Knockout 16 live draw from Agerud uh, in Eindhoven. <laughs> it's easy to do it that way. Can you spell it? Yeah. Okay. I too. Uh, well done. Hey John. Knock knock. Who's there? Iden up. Iden up who? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I thought it was a bit smelly in here. Um, oh. So yeah, check that out. That'll be live on their Facebook page. Uh, next hockey world news. That's going to be out in the next few days. Um, Jade's in some far flung part of the British Isles with terrible internet connection. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the October edition anyway. Uh, there's a piece on Ireland hockey, uh, something from Carla Rebecca and Mr. Simon Orchard. Um, a piece on Belgium hockey, the Red Lions ready to roar. Of course, Keely Dunn from FH Umpires is back in there behind the whistle, and a piece on Dunroach Pillay as well. Um, I'm just reading that off the front cover, but that'll be available um, through the well, f- yeah, find them on social media. But is it South South Lee, I think this is the South publicis- pub- publicising um, site, and so you can pay a dollar for an art um, for an edition. You can pay ten dollars. Uh, you can get it for free, but it'd be nice to help out and uh, keep that great publication going. Yep, definitely. Um, I think we should uh, get rid of our quarters experiment too. Get rid of the, in qu- why is that? The game. Get rid of quarters. Go back to two halves of 35 minutes. Well, I can't say I disagree. Um, but Just as a thought. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's it's not proving to be a, an advantage to the game at all. I know coaches everywhere will go, oh, no, it gives us a chance to... Mate, you've already got rolling substitutions. You mean your players can't go 15 minutes without having you tell them what to do? Yeah, well, I thought that one of the original reasonings was so there could be advertising slotted yeah. in, into those spots, but the experience on in the various formats we've watched the game doesn't really allow for it, does it? Well, at a time when our athletes are the fittest they've ever been... We're making the game shorter. 
and fatigue is no longer a factor. Uh, and if we're going to keep rolling substitutions, there's no reason for coaches to get their hands on their players after every 15 minutes. If if you want to have quarters and fit in um, advertisements, do it properly. Run 20 minute quarters with five minute break between the three quarter and quarter and second quarter and third quarter and fourth quarter and a half time break of 10 minutes then you can get ads in then you can also have some commentary involved as well yeah. so you're actually extending the game by 10 minutes because it'll be an 80 minute game now oh what about broadcast what about broadcasters soccer goes for 90 minutes a game of AFL football goes for nearly three bloody hours a game yeah. of cricket goes for six hours big bat oh no 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 no. 20-20 doesn't does it but even uh, even one innings of a 2020 game is longer than 70 minutes of hockey. In fact, 80 minutes of hockey would be shorter than one innings in 2020. So that argument is just out the window and a useless. It just doesn't make any logical sense. So, you know, broadcasters these days are also talking about showing events live without ads. That's a selling point for a broadcaster now, is you can watch it here and there's no ads during play. Yeah. yeah. So... All of those arguments are moot. Yeah. Let's let's take the game back to what it should be. I've got a little gripe as well, actually. Whilst we're having a bit of a moan, um, yeah, we always do. That's what this show is. F- F- FIH, Hockey Australia, national associations around and about. Um, they seem to focus their marketing effort. I'm not going to say spend their marketing effort through the free social media channels. Now, but they actually want to be getting direct to people who play the sport and who associate with the sport and I think the best way to do that is through our clubs but our clubs receive nothing at all from these peak bodies to help spread the word of the game at the top end through the club membership you don't get posters sent down saying these are the upcoming let's say FIH Pro League fixtures Um, you don't get uh, tailored emails and, and imagery that you can put out in your club social media to go direct to your fan base. All they're dealing with is people who um, follow them on these platforms um, and maybe through some national databases with a with a newsletter. Jeez, oh, mate, my email inbox is jammed full of newsletters that just won't get read, and then it just seems to be exponential. It just doesn't bloody stop and getting an email with a bit of information it's just delete 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 and it's unless it's a priority for the podcast for work or for my hockey club then it's just going in the bin um so i think they've got to seriously look at channeling uh some of the um the work that they do directly to clubs and, and get clubs disseminating it get clubs involved like the hockey wa for this weekend coming up for the the pro league it just looks as though they're not interested in not pro league sorry for the aha looks as though they're not interested in promoting it at all Um, well they've put out what two tweets oh yeah a couple of facebook posts with it Um, i don't know maybe they're not that excited about it maybe they don't think it's that big a deal what i found is interesting is if you go to the local um perth news website this morning all over it is advertising branded for the start of the basketball season here in Australia, the National Basketball League and it is branded the whole home landing page is just red with Perth Wildcats. Yeah, about five banners on that. Yeah. Huge, it, it just dominates the landing page and that's the sort of marketing you're going to be doing. It's no good just hoping that people are going to retweet something you put on social media and I know how much marketers love social media because it allows them to just put up a post and say they've done their job. 
and and <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> Posting something on social media will only go to the people, as no, you say. It needs to be much broader. Yeah, it needs it's to be much, broader. much, and and just cleverer. Though you know the the way we do it and the way that we use in inverted commas our stars um, to promote promote things. And, and they had it in big bold numbers: adults, or children, ten bucks; adults, twenty bucks. Now, I we couldn't charge that for hockey, but we're charging half of half, five, half, Yeah, we, five we are, ten. but. On anything, no one knows. You, well, you don't see it on any of the uh, any of the states' uh, promotion that they're putting out for the games. You don't see how much it's going to cost to get into the game. You've got and a link got to a Ticketmaster or whoever it might be. The first thing you see is this game's going to be on, and this is how much it's going to cost yeah. you to get in there. And it's like it's trying, trying to be hidden. And they should take a leaf out of the Wildcats because they are an absolute behemoth in this town. And the reason they are is because they market themselves so well. And, you know, as a sport, we are sadly, sadly lacking behind the rest of the world. Yeah, in many ways, in many ways, mate. Um, it's going to make me cry now. Let's get to the next bit. <laughs> so you had anybody abuse us on social media this week? No, it's been very quiet. It it's been very, very quiet. So I've, I've been very quiet. I haven't said anything. No, no, I've decided just, you know... Pull the head in a little bit. It's been a busy week, mate. It's been a busy, busy week. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to a program being run by Cookaburra's uh, Flynn Ogilvie and his yeah. brother Kurt. It's called Thrive 19 and uh, it's uh, an online um, health, well being, fitness program that you can sign up to. Um, it's kind of aimed at the moment for people coming out of the Australian season so looking to get into pre-season and getting themselves right for the 2019 hockey season but of course that will work equally well for you in six months time if you're just starting out your season uh, so you can get onto Facebook and just search Thrive T-H-R-I-V-E 1919 and uh, that'll take you to the page there and it's got all the information uh, that you need to get involved on the program there's also a sneaky little uh, code you can use Frio 40 and that'll save you 40 bucks off the price for it so uh, check that out t-shirts oh uh, yes uh, well as we're recording there's two and a half days three days left to get your last orders in for bring the exclusive the bring back the body shirts you can go to the website merch t m-e-r-c-h-t forward slash c forward slash the reverse stick very reasonably priced and uh, yeah you'll be part of a an exclusive group. It will be pretty exclusive. There's not many sold. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be very exclusive. Um, hockey one, hockey two, hockey three. Mm. Hockey one, hockey two, hockey three. Yeah. I think that could be marketed, couldn't it? Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, forget about just the hockey one. You need yeah, to have the two, one, the, two, hockey the two, hockey two, and the three alongside it. Yeah. yeah that'd be that'd be worked tremendously. Although I am going to, we talked earlier on. I think we do need to pursue this idea of two on two. Um, Hockey with only shootouts. Um, I a think striker it, and a goalkeeper. Yeah, that's it. And and they they can be uh, the city-based franchise. Yeah. Um, you know, who would you think? You know, maybe you could bring Davy Hart in to come down and play for um, the, for the Darwin Drongos, um, sponsored by Star City Casino, the Star City Darwin <laughs> Drongos. Um, who would you pair him up? Pair him up with Blake Govers. Oh, um, yeah, and. Uh, what about goose? Orange, orange shirts. Now, he could be the crazy bloke in the crowd that they gets painted up in the colours. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, um, wouldn't that be fantastic? Um, you could play three games in a night, 
um, get six franchises down together, non-stop one-on-one action. I think there's legs in it, John. Oh yeah, I th- I think they should expand it multi-ball. I think you should have more than one ball on the field because that would in- increase the ability of teams to score, which would equate to more celebrity celebratory moments. So, but you took you keep keeping eleven aside by doing that. No, no, two players. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, Interesting. With, with no, three it's... balls, say. And the goalkeepers are allowed to use their pads in the other D. What about pop-up bump um, sort of bars? Like in, yeah, like pinball, yeah, oh. in, the, in the middle of the field. Well, they could be attached to the sprinklers, couldn't they? Oh, a water hazard. Yeah, yeah as well. Imagine that, and like, like a no, slick no, no, water what, hazard oh, at the top of the D. See, water hazard takes away from your ability to score a goal, which means it's less celebratory moments. Mm. But imagine if you got a, um, a bump ball um, and straight into a pump play, Geez, that, that would be celebratory, wouldn't it? It, it, that, it would be. I'd actually like to see the rules enhanced to uh, every time a goalkeeper leave, lets a goal in, he has to take a piece of kit off. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that would be what would go first, do you reckon? Helmet. Yeah, what do you think? Well, that, well that's a bit elite and use the least, isn't it? Yeah, well, unless you're garly. Anyway, I think that's about it for show number... Is it? Number... Have you got no more? Number... It's uh, show number 69. 69, yeah. Yeah, fried rice and lemon chicken, my friend. Beautiful. I love it. Thanks Uh, for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we hope to catch up with you next week once again here on the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. See you then, mate. I was thinking motorsport's pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get the striker to get towed around the field by a motorcycle? On skates? Yeah. That's a good idea. Oh, could work. Might be able to sign James Khan up for that one. Oh.